Now, I want to move on to look at the second incident in this beautiful long chapter 6 of John. Um, Matthew and Mark and John all follow the multiplication of the loaves with the account of Jesus walking across the stormy sea. Now, the uh, historical part of it is Jesus saw that the crowd was going to go wild and start a riot and expect him to go and drive out all the Romans with a sword. What good would that do? That doesn't save anybody. What saves them is freedom from sin. You can get rid of all the bad guys in the prison. You can get rid of all of, them, all of them you want. The next day there'll be more. We're not up to that level unless we're sustained by Jesus. So, uh, our text says, um, when it was evening, his disciples went down to the sea. Now, you remember, I've spoken before about illusion, bells ringing. I have to say, honestly, the first time I read that and saw down to the sea, I thought of Psalm 107. Why? Because I'm a genius? No. But because I've read them both enough that they ring bells, you see? Uh, I'm going to give you an idea again. of I, I've done this before. I'll use the same example because it's the one in my head. We have a, we have a pro life rally and I was supposed to give a talk or a little address you know. so I start and I say over 200 years ago our forefathers brought forth on this continent a new nation and it was conceived you know with the proposition that all men are created equal and now we're involved in a great struggle to establish whether that is really true that all men in the womb or walking around on earth are equal. Now, what have I done? I've appealed to the Gettysburg Address, haven't I? And people will hear four score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal and so forth. But you'll hear it and you'll know what I'm doing. I'm saying we are involved now in a great civil war to see whether all men, all human beings, whether walking around or in the womb, are equal. You understand that? That's illusion, right? That's the power of illusion. Now, when John goes out of the goes out goes to the trouble to say, you see, they went down to the sea. Katevisan. That word, if you go look at the Greek translation of Psalm 107, 107 it says, Katevisan. He wants us, whether you read it, you know the Bible in Greek or Hebrew, he wants you to hear, oh, it's going to be an allusion to Psalm 107. Okay, let's go on. And went across the sea to Capernaum. It had already grown dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The wind was stirred up, because a strong wind was blowing. The sea was stirred up, rather, because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the water. You see, the wind had stirred it up. What does this Psalm 107 say? 107, if you're not familiar, is giving thanks to the Lord for he is good because he gets people out of all sorts. Some wandered in desert wastes and he brought them. 
Some were sick through sinful ways, and he healed them. Some went down to the sea in ships. That's the one he's alluding to. He commanded them to raise the stormy wind, which lifted the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil, in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men, and they were at the wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still. You hear it? Who did that? Adonai, God. Right now, it says here, uh, when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming to them. And they began to be afraid. And he said to them, and this is so beautiful, he said to them, you see, Egoimi, I am. That beautiful phrase, you see, it can mean, it is I, you know, it's Jesus. But it also means, I am. What is your name? Adonai. I am. You go and tell the disciples, the, the Jewish people and back in Egypt, I am has sent me to you. I am. So sometimes it has this full force of revelation, as here. In the garden, everybody comes with Judas to arrest Jesus. Who are you looking for? Jesus the Nazarene. I am. Egoimi. And they all fall back. So you see, he's saying two things at once. He's saying, look, I'm Jesus. You don't have to worry. But I am. I am Adonai. And you don't have to worry. You see? And so, uh, he, it comes, you see, do not be afraid. I am. Now you can translate it, it is I. You, you, when you're translating into English or any other language, you have to make a choice. Are you going to say it is I or I am? But when you look at the text, that's the advantage of some people learning Hebrew and, I mean, Greek and telling everybody. You see? They wanted to take him into the boat, but the boat immediately arrived at the shore to which they were heading. How does this tend story ends? They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad because they had quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. See it? The same as the song. And so, who is Jesus? He's God. He's manifesting himself. After multiplying that food, he's going to tell them that I have other food, which is my own body and blood. But before he does, he manifests his lordship over the whole universe, the whole material universe, by having them get scared to death on the sea and then walking toward them and saying, you don't have to be afraid. You see? And this is to prepare now the way for this uh, discourse. Because, of course, the crowd doesn't know all of this. They're probably still on the shore saying, boy, there's quite a storm. Um, but I do want then to go back and talk a bit more then about the kavod. Because that's an example. You see? Jesus is the manifestation of God, okay? And so, uh, he, and he's God, because it's only God who can calm the storm, right? And so, if, if I want to read a bit 
about the... Uh, well, I'm just going to have to do it. Uh, look. Kavod means personal presence. It's demanding. It's powerful. It's el- it elicits, you see. This is the what is commemorated every time uh, the the law is read. Fire. See the kavod, the glory. That's where the kavod landed, you see, in a powerful way. Uh, there. It's the manifestation of God in His saving presence. And so, when we say we saw His glory, you see here, we have this manifestation of glory. Huh? Uh, and therefore, uh, I want to show you some of these texts from uh, the Fathers of the Church, for instance. Um, or first, maybe I'll just read you these um, texts from Isaiah, where you have the promise of a banquet. You see? On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of fat things, a feast of wine on the uh, on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of wine on the lees less well refined. And he will destroy on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God, Adonai Elohim, will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lord, this is our God. We have waited for him, that he might save us. This is the Lord. You see? That's the prophecy of the Eucharistic meal, which the Lord began to prepare in symbol at the multiplication of the loaves. And then guarantees by his power over nature doing what Psalm 107 did, uh, described. Uh, and John sees that, so he writes up this coming of the sea. The others don't do it as explicitly. So he wants you to hear by illusion, like I was alluding to the Gettysburg Address. You see, he wants you to see this is God calming the storm. And so that's what we have there. So that is another instance of the kavod, you see. It's this Beautiful manifestation. Um, You see? Uh, In which he shows himself and brings comfort and heart to people. Uh, And this is then uh, this beautiful text uh, by which we do this. Now, I want to prepare you for what's going to happen next. Uh, in the few minutes that we have left. We are now going to have Jesus give a discourse on manna and on his own flesh and blood to raise the whole thing. The manna was a prophecy. See what I mean by time? If there weren't transcendence, there could be no prophecy. How this event could speak about this event requires a transcendence which becomes present here and becomes present there. And that presence is kavod. And therefore, they're linked. They are manifestations of God. One 
preparing for an understanding of the other greater one. You see why sometimes people at the celebration of the Eucharist prostrate because they're being overcome by the presence of the kavod, the living, physical, saving presence of God in Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. It's that great. That's why uh, that cardinal who was put in prison for years in Vietnam, whenever he had, he'd save a tiny piece of bread, they'd give him a couple of raisins, and he'd hold them in a little jar until they fermented. Now we had bread and wine. Now we had the Eucharist. Kavod, right there. That's how much he loved the Lord. That's how much he was sustained by the Eucharist. And so you see, the Gospel tradition, Matthew, Mark, and John, are to manifest this other dimension of the Lord's physical reality, calming the storm, so that we will see that he is really present in this Eucharist. And if we don't worship him, the thousands of angels who are there do worship him. So if we come poorly dressed, abstracted, you know, chatting away, it's still Jesus. They get it, we don't. If we want to get it, get ready. Come, ask the Holy Spirit to get you ready so that this wonder will be present to you in your heart, in your mind, and finally, in your body and your blood. Amen.